for them. But uh, Exodus chapter number three, I think I turned everything on here. I think I'm good to go. And, and uh, all right, three principles of walking with the Lord. We covered two already. So preacher, um, no, last week we covered one. And well, we covered the second one on, on Thursday night. And, and uh, I thought about doing something different there, but uh, just trying to follow the Lord. And, and uh, so three principles of walking with the Lord and, and uh I thought about maybe trying to let you out just a little bit early, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, if I did, do I get credit for next time? Like so, so I can preach a little longer, you know. And uh, but I did let you out early for Sunday school, so I got extra time. So uh, anyhow, but uh, so three principles of walking with the Lord. As I said in Sunday school, uh, this is my last scheduled time to be with you next week, uh, uh, brother. Uh, uh, Joshua Garcia will be here. Pastor Inslee will be back um, Friday, I believe, and and uh, uh, I'm not sure how the the, uh, the current events there will affect anything of that nature. Nothing's been changed as of yet, and uh, but nonetheless, it's, it's been my privilege to be with you all, and I enjoyed really getting to know you some, and and and, uh, and just sharing God's word with you. And uh, y'all have been kind to us, and y'all have known I was coming, and you showed up the church anyhow. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. And Well, Exodus chapter 3 is where we're going to be at. Exodus chapter 3, we've already looked at verses 1 uh, uh, through 5, and uh, really 1 through 6. Let's pick it up there in verse number 7. We'll kind of recap, and, and then we'll cover from verses 7 through 10 today, and trust the Lord will, uh, will bless us and, and, and just and draw us closer to it. But Exodus chapter 3, verse number 7 says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, for I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites of the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all of them. And verse 9 says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherein the Egyptians oppressed them. And then verse 10, finally, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let's pray. Father, we ask, Lord, to help us here today. And uh, Father, we ask, Lord, just to speak to our hearts. Father, we pray, Lord, uh, that you would draw us closer to you. Father, if there's anything that's in our hearts that don't need to be there, Father, I pray, Lord, that, that you would, through your spirit, through your word, take care of these things. And, uh, and Father, we, as we often say, whatever the commandment is, Lord, our response is yes. Whatever the request is from you, Lord, the answer is yes. And, and Father, we ask, Lord, just to do your perfect will. Have your perfect way in, in today's service and in our lives as well. And Father, we sure will thank you. Again, Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And as in his name we pray. Amen and amen. So let's so where are we at here? We're we're in Exodus 3. What has taken place? We know uh, uh, chapter 2, Exodus of, of, of Exodus, Moses was born. As I said already, Moses was born under a death sentence. You know, all the kids supposed to be. Killed, uh, I believe. I believe chapter one makes it very clear of how they're going to be killed. Very, uh, very uh, uh, 
barbaric, you know. And and uh, so we see that in chapter two, God provides uh, a way out for Moses and all that stuff. And and uh, and as we look through chapter two, get us into chapter three, chapter three, verse one uh, and following, we see Moses sees the uh, the burning bush, and we're talking about principles of walking with the Lord and. And uh, how God gave the uh, the burning bush, as I laid out to you last week, it, it is uh, the first principle of walking with the Lord. As Moses did there, God, uh, he gave God his full attention. And as we, as God's people, if we want to walk with God and, and, and truly live a life that's honorable to him, we must give God our full attention is that first principle. And uh, this this halfway stuff just don't cut it, <laughs> you know. And uh, we expect more than that from our children, right? You know, and, and God, God wants that from us as well. And, and uh, but and then the last week we covered or Thursday night we covered um, in in uh, verses five six and seven Moses was told to uh, take his shoes off for what purpose because he was on holy ground Moses didn't make that ground holy but God's manifestation of Himself made Himself made the ground holy and then we talked in in a joking form how we said God made dirt holy. And the things we try to get rid of our house, get out, get out of our clothes. God, God, at that point made that holy dirt, and uh, I don't know. I kind of like that, you know. And uh, the things that the world says we can't use, God says, okay, you know. And uh, challenge accepted. And uh, but so, so principle number two is that we must realize that we serve a holy God. We must realize that we serve a holy God. I'm not going to re-preach that again. So number one, let the Lord have our full attention. And make sure we don't allow our past failures dictate our future. Remember, Moses killed the guy. He ran and uh, and all that and hid, hid by the well, got got married up and sent back out. You know, and the principle number two, we must realize that we serve a holy God. And, and uh, you know, I'm convinced today, whatever today is, November or something or another, and uh, I believe today we can walk with God. We can truly have a personal relationship with Christ, uh, with the Father through Christ, because of Christ, because of the finished work on Calvary. But I believe further that we can fellowship with Him. We can feel His presence in our life. And again, I ain't talking about nothing hokey or, or weird, but I'm talking about when we read His Word, God will speak to us. And, and, and we are listening and, and hear. And I believe God wants that. I believe God wants us to commune with Him on on that level and and uh, so let's just jump in here and uh, so the third principle and the final principle uh as as we conclude this time together is and it might not mean much to you but uh, but i like it is the third principle is remember that you are not alone remember that you are not alone we read the verses already and but let's just uh look at it. so the third principle that is that you're not alone Oftentimes in our life, often during hardships and struggles, we feel like we're all alone. We tend to make bad choices when we feel like we're all alone. Uh, we tend to focus on, maybe maybe it's just me this morning, but we tend to focus on what we don't have than what we do have. And, and uh, you know, I, I shared with you about uh, some of the folks that I dealt with during, during the time of COVID, how... Everybody kept saying all the things they're not going to do, not going to do, not going to do. Well, well, what are you going to do? You know, what are we going to do for the Lord? You know, instead of making a list of what we don't have, what do we have? Man, we, we all got up this morning. 
We all have breath, you know, ability to address ourselves. A pastor friend of mine, a preacher, uh, he's out of Georgia. He's probably about 10 years ago, he didn't have a heart attack. He had cardiac arrest, which is different. And uh, same symptoms, I think, but, but, but I think the reasoning is different. And that cardiac arrest put him in a hospital, put him in a coma, I believe, for several months, Brother Hayes. And, uh, and it took him probably, he, was, uh, he went from 40-plus weeks a year preaching meetings to down to zero. That's his income. And uh, a lot of churches took him on for temporary support, just kind of getting through that time. And, and, uh, but now you hang out with him. Now he's, he's back at it. He's back in the saddle. He's, he's almost 80 years old, travels just as much as he did uh, before, just serving the Lord. And he's a good friend of mine. And, and, but now you talk to him about it. You, you hear him pray, and he says something like this, Lord, thank you for letting me be able to dress myself. Thank you, Lord, for letting me be able to feed myself. Folks, we're, we're some blessed critters, you know, and, and uh, God's been good to us. And, and, and uh, can I share, you know, we're talking about the third principle is realize that we're not alone. And, and if, I can, if I can share some things with you of, of my own personal testimony that goes right in here, again, it's not to the level of, of, of the Egyptians by any means, um, but, uh, but I think maybe uh, you can, I can relate to all this, but it was the year of 2008. Uh, we, we finished up the church there in Moorcroft, Wyoming, and, and uh, we were in, it was in the middle of December. Don't ever move in December. After I did that in Wyoming, I said, I'm never going to move in December again. Guess which month we moved from Wyoming again? It was Yes, it, it was you know, all those years later. But uh, craziness, you know, cold, snowy, and all that stuff. It was wonderful, you know. And, uh, but there, during that time we moved, it, it was the first church that we were at in Wyoming. So we finished up there. And the Lord allowed us to move to a, a little place of McKinney, Virginia. We was written a little single-wide trailer. This was probably, well, it was 2008. And, and uh, so this is a little while ago. And, and uh, we had a little single-wide trailer on 35 acres. And it and, and, uh, wasn't ours. It was just we pretended like it was, you know. But, uh, um, and we're serving at our home church there in Colonial Heights, Virginia. And uh, we started in January to, uh, to, uh, to be on unpaid staff there. So I'm still trying to find work. And... But little did I know, at this time, God was going to take us through a crash course of faith. You ever been to one of those? They're wonderful, looking back. Looking back, praise the Lord for them, you know. And, and, uh, but, you know, and, and let me just, I won't drag you all through, the, uh, all through the muck and the mire, but let me just hit some high points. This was right before we started uh, preparations to plant the church in Burns, Wyoming. And, and uh, so this was in 2008. Because you remember how how the our current society was in 2008, or the economy rather just it just was tight for everybody. And of course, that time of year is always you know more difficult. But I couldn't find work, and and of course at this time it was my wife and I. Jacob was born, and then Tyler was just eight weeks old, maybe you know give or take. And 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 uh, so that's been a few years back, you know, and he. Uh, I think you're more than eight weeks old now, and you're like 12, 14 weeks now. So, but uh, um, but anyhow, and so it was there. It was during that time, and I would often leave in the mornings, and uh, about six o'clock I would leave and looking for work or doing odd jobs 
dropping applications. And many times I wouldn't get back till 10, 11 o'clock at night and uh, just trying to be dad, right? Just trying to be the husband that, that I wanted to be and, and as God wants us to be. And, and uh, uh, you know, for a season, man, I really couldn't find work. You know, of course, December, January, ain't typically isn't nobody hiring. And uh, I was driving, I was putting more money in my fuel tank than I was in my pocket, you know. And uh, uh, But here's the struggles. Here's the, what God's allowed us to go through. We're talking about here, it, it, it says, And the Lord said, I, I've surely seen the affliction of my people. We're not in this alone. God's with us. You know, during that time, my wife's health, uh, uh, she was in and out of the hospital, multiple surgeries, doctor visits. Jacob got jealous, and so he wanted to get in, in the hospital too, and, and he got a form of Rocky Mountain spotted fever during that time. And and uh, and then Tyler got jealous at that time, and he wanted to jump in there too. And and so Tyler started having febrile seizures. And, and uh, actually, I, th- I believe I was here uh, one of those times where... where uh, Jenna was there, and Tyler was in the hospital preaching. I was here preaching, but Tyler was in the hospital. And uh, he could have been, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, so we lived during that time. To say that was a difficult time is it would be an understatement. And, and a lot of deep water and a lot of, lot of under-the-water stuff. But uh, we lived on wild game uh, after that was depleted. And, and uh, y'all ever seen those bar S 88 cent packs of hot dogs? You know, and we lived on those, my wife and I, Jacob and Tyler. Of course, Jacob was, what, two years old, I guess, and Tyler was, you know, just weeks old. And, and, and uh, that's what we lived on. And uh, during, uh, during that time, and and uh, our, our rent was paid for a certain pe- a period of time, but then, then we had to pay for it ourselves. And, and uh, you know, what do you do? You choose the, to feed your family or, or pay rent. You pay rent and then feed your family. Then one month you, you choose to feed your family. And then you, you, are you with me? I mean, you just, you just kind of all, all, all back and forth there. And, and, uh, then, and, then, and then they turn the power off and, and, and then all that. You know, power is not necessarily a necessity, you know. And so we let it go off for a while. And, and, uh, and again, I'm not sharing this for your pity by any means. And, and uh, I'm actually kind of reluctant to, uh, to share that with you. But can I say something? Through all that, God was faithful. God was faithful. And, and he said, preacher, well, how do, you, how do you say God was faithful? Because he let you uh, 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 go without this and go without that. Go. Can I tell you something here this morning? Looking back, we didn't go without anything. God kept us exactly. Remember Elijah at the book, book Cherith? He didn't have a refrigerator. He didn't have a cupboard. He didn't have a cabinet. God fed him daily. Ravens, biscuits and gravy in the morning, biscuits and gravy at night. That's in the Hebrew, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's how we lived, and that's how we learned to live. And, and we learned to live by faith. And, and uh, why you sh- share all that? I share all that because now I'm thankful that we're looking back at that. <laughs> I, what I want to go back in that, not for your life. Not for your life. That's foolishness to say uh, uh, that you would want to go back into that. Uh, but, but can I tell you this? There was a God in heaven that was very much in control. Here in Exodus chapter 3, we see the nation of Israel going through dire straits, going through all of this. But there was a God of heaven, God in heaven that was very much in control. 
Can I tell you here this morning, whatever you're going through, God sees exactly what you're going through, and there's a God in heaven that there's very much in control of all things. The, the nation of Israel does not, this is not their ending point by any means. And, and uh, you know, I remember during, during that time, talking talk to my pastor, breaking down on the phone, and uh, and this was my, and maybe you can identify with this, and, and this is where I was thought, am I so far outside of God's will that He has removed His protective hand and He's removed His provisions from me? And, and so this is where I was thinking, now, now hear me now, now don't, don't judge me, <laughs> you know, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm leaving anyway, but, uh, but, but hear me now, through, through everything I wanted to do, I couldn't do it. It wasn't happening. And so, and so the way I felt, I was failing as a husband. The way I felt I was failing as a father, as a Christian, and as a preacher, I was simply, in my mind, I was failing. You ever been there? But I tell you, God was working. God was working. I don't know where you're at this morning. But if you feel like you're a failure, God don't work in those terminologies. God's working behind the scenes to do a work that only He can do. A faith untested is a faith untrusted. God is building a man here in Exodus. God is doing a work here in in the nation of Israel. In my heart, in my heart during this time, I was convinced, I believed the lie from the devil, this was my new normal. And I had done something where God had taken off his hand from me and placed me on the shelf. Don't that sound drastic? Don't we often in our own minds take things and make such drastic conclusions with? That's the way I felt. If you ask me, I, I tell you. But yet at the same time, my heart's desire was to go to Wyoming and plant the Blessed Hope Baptist Church. And, and of course, we did that. God allowed us to do that. And, and God did it, rather. But at that time, Brother Buck, it, it seems so seems so far away. Here I am, was in McKinney, Virginia. I literally could not even put food on the table. Literally could not keep electricity going in my house. And here I went, I'm, I'm a preacher? God wants me to plant it. It just seems I'm missing something somewhere, <laughs> you know. And uh, again, maybe, maybe this ain't making sense to anybody. I'm sure the nation of Israel felt, felt something similar. You know, here they are, the God's chosen people. Maybe you today are feeling something similar. Maybe, maybe you're there. Have maybe you have been there. Maybe you're there now. But can I tell you that we serve a God that knows our struggles? We serve a God that sees where we're at, and that we are not alone. I came across this phrase from a preacher, and I stole it from him. And uh, usually when a preacher steals something from another preacher, the idea is to give him credit for three times. And the fourth time, you just, it's yours, you know. And, and uh, so I'm well beyond the fourth time. He says, we as God's people are never, really as people, we're never too broken to belong. Never too broken to belong. I like that. Broken crayons can still color, amen? You know, and, and uh, I'm thankful that, that these people... They were get to a point here in Exodus three of brokenness, a place where they were just at an end to themselves. 
I tell you, we as God's people, we need to get to a place where we're at the end of ourselves, point of brokenness. We are not alone because what? I'll give you five things real quick. I got 15 minutes, 17 minutes, but I do get that five-minute credit from Sunday school, so so we'll see what happens. But uh, we are not alone. Here in Exodus chapter 3, the third principle of walking with the Lord, we can walk with the Lord because we don't walk with the Lord alone, obviously, obviously, because He wants us to walk with Him, and He's helping us. Look there, verse number 1. Well, the first point we see, verse number 7, we are not alone because, number 1, because God sees our struggles. Verse number 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. I've surely seen the affliction of my people. God solved them. God knows where they're at. Uh, you know, I take this as their physical struggle, uh, of their problems. They, God knew exactly what was, they were. These folks were literally abused, literally being abused. Look at this now. Look at this. He says, I have seen the affliction of my people. Think about that. God sees. Well, preacher, we learned that in Sunday school. Yeah, we tend to learn big truths in Sunday school, and, and, and we should. And we often forget those big truths. They kind of get shoved back to the back side of the cupboard. But, but can I tell you something here this morning? He sees you. He sees your affliction. He sees your struggles. No matter what the hardship is, He knows. We think no one else knows. Think no one else cares, but God does. Not only according to verse number seven, Lord, I've surely seen the afflictions of my people. Not only does He know what their struggle is, but He knows where they're at, which are in Egypt. I'm thankful that God knows where I'm at. God knows my address. God knows my mailing address. God knows my bank account number. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Little story, man. We was going through Mississippi, northern Mississippi. I was preaching in uh, uh, Myrtle, uh, Myrtle, Mississippi. And, and uh, if I had to go one more tank of gas, I couldn't have made it, <laughs> you know. And uh, and and I was there, and and. Uh, Talking talk about God knows an address. I'm going to say God knows our coordinates. I tell you, I praise God. God knows our coordinates. And and and, and uh, I walked out to my truck, and someone just happened to throw like a hundred dollars, uh, a five twenty dollar bills right in my seat of my pickup. And and uh, so I put it in my pocket, went and got gas, got groceries, all that stuff. I checked the next day, but it wasn't there that you know that day. But uh, but you know, <laughs> folks, God knows where we're at. God knows what we need. God knows when we need it. God knows how we need it. Hallelujah. We serve a God that sees our affliction and, and He knows that we are being, where we are being afflicted at. Take comfort in the fact that since He knows, He has a plan. God is not up in heaven. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do now? Folks, He's already got it, already got it figured out. Um, take comfort in the fact that He knows. He is working on something on your behalf. The deeper the valley, the higher the mountaintop. The darker the night, the brighter the morning. God sees our affliction and He knows. But now, number two, we better, we better hurry up. God sees our struggles, but God hears our cry. Now we as men, we don't like to talk about it. We got emotional. <clears throat> we didn't. 
we don't men don't cry. You know, we just yeah, I got I got a little choked up. I got a little emotional. I got you got something in your eye? No, yeah, I got something in my eye. You cry? No, I got it's, it's just my allergies. You know, just, I got something in my eye. Is that us? You know, just saying if you're listening. You know, but God hears our cry. Look at verse seven. Surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry. God hears. God heard Israel's cry. I like to tell you what. When I was going through all of that, when my family was going through all of that, I like to tell you that every day I went out in the woods and spent all day in the woods and 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 spent time with God, crying out to Him. And and uh, but I, like I would love to tell you that, and I can tell you that it just won't be true. But I was getting up, spent a little bit of time with the Lord, then I'd just go work, trying to find work, trying to find work, trying to find work. I tell you, God, God hears our cries. God hears the pains in our hearts. I can only imagine here in Exodus, and even now, even now in Israel, the things that has taken place. I believe this is a physical cry, but also their spiritual cry. God hears both. And I can only imagine maybe each night when they get together, maybe weekly they come together and pray for deliverance. Maybe I can further, you know, the Bible says that, that they were beaten. And and maybe maybe when they got hit or whipped and, and knocked down, maybe out of their heart they just whispered a prayer, "Lord help us, God send a deliverer." Maybe I tell you what, maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're we're going through something, and, and the world's beating us down, or the world's got you knocked down, and and you ain't got in your mind you don't got time to spend the sweet hour in prayer, <laughs> you know. But I tell you, just that one little whisper. Peter, Peter had two. Two great prayers. Remember when he walked on water? He says, Lord, bid me. I did that right, didn't I? Lord, bid me. Three words. Praise God for that, right? And what did he say? Come on, Peter. Probably a little different than that, but he says, come. Peter walked on water. Man, he's flat doing it. And then, uh-oh, Lord, save me. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but praise the Lord for that, you know, and, 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 uh, God hears our cry. God knows where we're at, and, and God hears our cry. God knows who's making us cry, too, according to this passage of Scripture. We need to hurry on. Number three, the third thing we see here, talking about walking with the Lord, the third principle is that we don't walk in this life alone. God knows our sorrow. Look at verse number seven. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. For I know what's going on. God knows Israel's sorrows. I take it they're finally at a point of brokenness. You know, from you know, from we see here that from uh, uh, Moses in chapter three, verse one, uh, to uh, to the uh, chapter two where he, he grows and he lives and he kills the guy in, in chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 there. From verse 11 and 12 of chapter 2 to, to verse 11, there's 40 years that take place. So Moses is like 80-some years old now, and, and uh, God knows exactly where he's at. Moses is at a place of brokenness now. Israel is at a place of brokenness now. Brokenness is, is a realization of that I cannot do it without God. I cannot do it without God. And that gives us the next point, verse 8. Look at this. I, I, I just, I, I like it. I, it's just cool. Just bear with me here. 
Verse 8 says, I come, I am come, who's talking? God. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egypt of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto the good land and a large unto the land of flowing milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites in. And, but there were no termites there. So praise the Lord for that. But the fourth thing we see here, we're not in this thing alone. The third principle, walking with the Lord. We don't do it alone because we're not alone. Because number four, because God is with us. Because God is with us. Verse number eight, I said this already, it says, I am come down. Jump, jump, look at verse eight, jump through the words, jump through the words. I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, comma, and to bring them up. So let's put those, put, let's kind of cut the middle out. I am come down to bring them up. I am come down to bring them up. I like that. I like that. Now, I'm not taking away from the scriptures because he's given more he's given more information. I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. What? To bring them up. God responded to Israel. He's given deliverance. He's given blessing. He gave strength. God wants to do that in our life and in our home. And 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 uh now before I give you this last point. Before I give this last point, I want to say something. This is something that God does. We can't manufacture it. We can't go on Amazon. We can't go on Walmart or, or whatever store that you shop at. We can't. It, it's something that God does in us, through us, and for us. This morning, if you know Jesus as our Savior, if we're giving Him our full attention, if we're realizing that He is the righteous and, and, and holy God, folks, you're not alone. As we live for Him, you're not alone. God wants to work in our life. You know, let me say something silly here. I think, whose parents? I think most of us are parents in here. We got most of us, okay, a lot of parents. As parents, we want to be close to our children, right? Obviously. We don't, I mean, as Jacob and Tyler, you know, I don't want to put anything between us, right? As parents, we would agree with that. And and I think they would say the same thing, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, but so you, you put this between us and our Father in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven don't want anything between us. We don't want any. So we want to get closer to God. God wants us to get closer to Him. I'm talking about fellowship. We're not going to. Talked about, uh, you know, once we're saved, we're saved. But God wants to fellowship with us. God wants us to be close with Him. God, God wants to work in our life. He wants to walk. He wants us to walk with Him. And let me give this last point, and then we're done. But I think this is, in my mind, this is the big one. And, and it, it kind of it kind of ties all the rest of them together. Is the, fourth, the fifth one here says, God can deliver us from any bondage. God can deliver us. From any bondage. Look there, at verse number, uh, 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 verse number nine and ten it says, "Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them." God knows what's going on in, in the Israelis' life, 
while they're in there, all the things that they face, folks, God knows what we're facing with. God knows the things that we're struggling with. God knows the things that we're uh, being weighed down with. But look at verse number, uh, verse number 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. For what purpose? That thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Hey, God wants them to be free. God wants them to be brought out of Egypt. God wants them, them uh, uh, to be brought out of bondage. Folks, ain't you glad? As God sent Moses, ain't you glad that Lord Jesus Christ came down to, uh, to reconcile us by the cross to the empty tomb to get us out of bondage? Man, that'll make a Baptist shout, you know. And, and uh, I tell you, think about that. We're no good. We're, we're good for nothing sinners. But God, who was rich in mercy, looked down and says, yes, they are no good, written, good for nothing sinners, but I love them by my grace and mercy and my goodness, God can deliver us from bondage. Bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of, out of Egypt. God said they will be delivered. And the Lord did it. Let me close with these thoughts. What bondage do you and I need to be set from? Set free from today. If you know Jesus, praise the Lord, you've been set free from the bondage of sin through the finished work of Calvary. That's the biggest bondage that mankind has ever faced and, and will face is the bondage of sin that are set with those shackles. But just as God delivered Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand, God can deliver us those that don't know Christ from sin. I'm thankful that as a 12-year-old boy, God delivered me from that uh, bondage of sin. Just as Israel had to respond to what the Lord was doing, we today, in order to be saved, must respond and put our faith and trust in the Lord, and He will break the shackles of the bondage of sin. Through what? All through the finished and completed work of Christ. I tell you, I got excited when I saw all this as a picture, if you will, what God wants to do in our life. Folks, God wants us to go for God wants us to be successful in our Christian walk. God wants us to be the best husband, the best man, woman um, for the cause of Christ. We must do so by giving Him our full attention. Realize that He's holy and realize we're not alone. You're not alone. We're not alone in this. God God will never leave us nor forsake us. He can deliver us from the bondage as well. You know, as a pastor, as a pastor, I've, I've counseled with folks, I've dealt with folks, and uh, I've taken them through the Word of God. And show them the power. The greater it, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I've taken folks, you know, preach, I need, I need victory of this in my life. I need to get set free from this. And I said, well, you can. You can. Just walk them through, you know, just claim this principle. Claim, claim what God, God has given us exactly what we need. And many times, 
they walk away. Sometimes they, 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 they grab a hold of it. But you know what? There's not a sin that's in our life. Listen to me now. There's not a sin in our life right now that's stronger than the power of God in us that, as God that lives in us. You might be here this morning. Maybe you're struggling with something. or Maybe you're, you're I don't know, maybe you're under attack in your home or whatever it is. I tell you, um, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Jesus is enough. The power of Christ is enough. You may be here this morning as a preacher. I don't know. I'm saved. I don't know if I've ever, ever been born again. I've never been, been set free from the bondage of sin. Well, folks, we can hook you up. Just like, I mean, we can tell you from the Word of God how to be sure that you're on the way to heaven. So as we close, a thought for Christians. Let our hearts praise Him on who He is and for what He's done in our life. I tell you, He's a good God. He's worthy for us to walk with. He is worthy for us to be all in for. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Well, today, today can be that day where you trust in Him for all that you need. Because He's the only one that can save. And since He's the only one that can save, He's the only one that we serve. Amen.